it's been a long time since we've rock and rolled. But that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance, as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod Weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Inceptia. Welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog. And returning today, it's me and my buddy Craig Smith from the Pods and Sods Network. We're going to be continuing our discussion of our Monkey's Dream set list. This is part two of a two-part episode. It ended up being so long. We had such a good discussion on the monkeys and our favorite and like our favorite deep cuts and what we'd like to see in a monkey show and some other topics that are really, really interesting. You're definitely going to want to listen to this one. And go back and listen to part one if you haven't already before this. So strap in. Uh, everybody's here. Is everybody in? The ceremony's about to begin. Let's do this. So up next in my show, I wanted to give everybody a solo set, so we've got a backing band now. And here's the caveat with my solo set. You're actually doing your solo songs, no covers. Peter's not doing Lucille, Davey's not doing the Oliver Medley, and none of this, like, what, what, what is the one that... Since I... Since what was that? Since I fell for you? No, too much monkey business. Oh, too, oh, that's even worse. Yeah, none, none of that stuff. You're all, you all have yeah. solo s- songs. You're doing solo songs. So Peter's going first, and he's going to do the title cut off his solo album. Stranger things have happened. Maybe it's just hard to get But if I were the last man on earth I would not relent Ooh, 
have happened Stranger things than you can imagine Stranger things have happened Stranger things than love Okay. Uh, I wanted to give him an original from a solo album. I love the vibe of this song and also gives him a little chance. I feel like with the introduction of that song with the keyboard, he could noodle around a little bit and show off before going into the actual song. He would do his Bach piece. Yeah, he could do that into, <laughs> into that little da 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 da. Yeah. Like, that would be really cool. Uh, and I love the vibe of the song. It's kind of mid-tempo, but it's got like a man on a mission type of vibe. It's a great album opener. And it's one of my favorites on that solo album that I feel is incredibly underrated. I need to revisit that it's been many years since i listened to that record i didn't even pick up the 7a version oh, do it it's so good it's yeah. so good yeah and and i love uh, my favorite bonus track is hearing peter sing i'm not your stepping stone that new, i've heard uh, yeah new wave style which is so yep. cool yeah interesting single version yeah that's the first song in my solo set though that's cool um peter is also next on mine uh, giving us uh, a bit of the, at that point, unreleased uh, until uh, listen to the band box set, I think. It's Tear the Top Right Off My Head. monkeys episode uh in a very short acoustic version uh with him and mickey oh really which one is that i think it's monkeys hit the high seas i think um okay 
I often confuse some of the ones, the titles uh, of the ones where they're at sea, but um, it's just a shot. Uh, they're on bunk beds, uh, Mickey and Peter, and Peter's playing the guitar and they're harmonizing it. And they get through like the whole first verse uh, and then Davey interrupts them. But it's one of those things that, again, people holding the tape recorder up to the TV, this was on bootleg records in the early 80s, pre-Missing Links. It's just that kind of like little piece of rare monkeys audio that was in an episode. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good that, that's a good pick. It's, it comes up later in the set for me. Okay. Uh, when, I, when I heard Missing Links 3, that was a song that I was like, holy shit, why have I let this sit on my shelf for like like years and years? This song. Yeah, is it's a great one. It's a great yeah. one. Yeah. And also, fun, fun fact about that episode, if it's the one I'm thinking it is, whether on the pirate ship, uh, it, this is just my guess. It looks like from the filming, it looks like they're in Long Beach, which is not too far from where I'm at. Okay. Pirate ship docked in the harbor there that I used to see all the time when I lived in Long Beach. So I can't help but wonder, is that the same one? Oh, wow. So That's great. I have no idea if it is. And there was never anyone around for me to bug to ask about it. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Look up on um, the Monkeys Film and TV Vault. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a website by Aaron Handy, and it's got basically every piece of trivia regarding an episode that you could ever want. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm like gonna... it, it's ridiculous. Like to the point where like this music sting you hear is also used in these episodes. Like crazy levels of detail. It's great. I love that type of stuff, though. So that's perfect. Oh, it's real good. Nice. In fact, the uh, the DVD sets use his notes from his website. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't put them on the Blu-rays, but they put them on the the Rhino DVD sets. Like, I think it's like trivia, episode trivia, and it's all the stuff from his website. Cool. Nice. Yeah. He's a good dude, that dude. Awesome. Well, up next in the solo set for me, it's Davey's turn, and uh, I had trouble. Like deciding what song I wanted him to do, and I finally landed. Dance, on... Gypsy. <laughs> I, I I thought about it, but I decided I wanted the Manchester Cowboy to ride again, so oh. I picked I picked Rainbows. As we travel on through this world. Changes come our way But I know you'll always be mine girl. And I'll be yours forever and a day Cause rainbows only happen when you're there Drifting through the clouds up in the air You and I, we must be just the same. We come and go like rainbows in rain. Uh, Good one. It's a pretty little ballad. It's kind of a country rock song, and it's it shows a lighter side of Davey. I kind of like him singing country stuff. He could have made a really good like Eagles-esque '70s country rock album. I think if he you know, worked with the right people yeah. and rainbows is a great song. And it, it, it could have been a monkey song too. I think it's very pretty. It's one of those, I think it's one of those Japan singles. I first heard it on the Davey live in Japan set that seven, a put out. So. Okay. I was going to ask you where you would, 
where you had heard it. I yeah. it's it is on the CD version of that. Though, yes, right? it is. Yep, yeah. it's along with uh, Dance Gypsy and Hey Ra Ra, Mickey Mouse, and yep. Don't have to be a country boy. It's now. It's now. Those those Davy singles are all really good. <laughs> They're oh, yeah. really goddamn catchy songs. Um, yeah, Rainbows. Uh, interestingly enough, the B side of a Steam Engine fan club single released by Chip Douglas around '82 or '83. Um, until I bought a mono Birds, Bees, and the Monkeys, it was the most I'd paid for a Monkeys record. Oh wow! The for- Steam Engine Forty Five. I forgot you finally got your Birds and Bees. Congrats! I dude. did. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. That, Thank the, you. The, the is that like? Have you completed the Monkeys vinyl? trifecta now or um no there are a couple things i still need you know what's been elusive to me the they did a christmas single in 1976 christmas is my time of year without mike it was the first reunion three-fourths of them anyway peter's on that peter's on it yeah oh um in fact the label uh says we three monkeys um uh and then in 1986 chip douglas remixed it and put it back out and that version I can't find on vinyl. That version, uh, that version must be what's on. I have the Monkey's Christmas CD. That's the ver- that's the, the mix the tar- they put on there. The, yeah, the Target one has that uh, has that on there. So that must be the yeah. mix because I was like, it's seventy six. That sounds really eighties. Yeah, the and and the seventy six one they used on the Christmas party single set that came out for Record Store Day, uh, but no digital release of it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Rainbow's first appearing on Steam Engine, and it was a bit of a mystery. Like, you know, was this a monkey's track? They, it said nothing about it other than Chip Douglas wrote it. Uh, so it was interesting to actually get the details on when it was recorded and things like that. And to now have it, you know, on CD is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a great chance for Davey to just, you know, be Davey and not be that Vegas cheesy right. thing he does. <laughs> yeah. What you got next? Uh, uh, Davy's next on mine. Also, um, I'm not the biggest fan of the the monkeys present, but this is a Davy song that I feel is just great, um, and I think could be pulled off in a, a mellow kind of acoustic arrangement. And it is French song. A little girl. Goes out walking in the night A little boy calls good evening From the lights they stop to talk For just a while Then she's I love, love, love the vibe of this song. It's so good. It's so good. Um, this would probably be my second favorite Davy Jones song in the catalog. I feel like it, everything about it just nails it. There's such a good, good mellow vibe on it. Oh, yeah. That's a nice, like, smoky, dark like, yes. song. I, I love it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on Percent, too. That is. Have you seen that weird footage, that footage of him performing it in a movie? No, I have not. Look that up on YouTube. He's lip syncing to it. Um, I feel like Lollipops and Roses or something like that might be the name of it. But um, 
I for 40 years I'd never heard of it. Uh, and then saw it on YouTube, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's obviously from around that time period. You can tell by the way he looks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, weird that it was never documented anywhere that I ever saw, or if I did, I didn't realize it. Um, super interesting. Yeah, no, good choice. I never thought of it like that's a good idea to do an acoustic because, like, that would have been one I kind of, like, left off because, like, there's that's one where you probably need a little extra – accompaniment but yeah acoustically that should work that's a good choice yeah i feel like peter could play something vibey vibraphony on it you know oh yeah totally yeah no that would be a good like mood piece yeah nice all right well mickey is up next with his solo tune and i gotta pick a song i fell in love with last year hearing it on the uh, mickey dolan's live in japan cd that's to be or not to be This is just pop goodness, and it's like been a mainstay on like my playlist ever since I've heard it. It's just a big, catchy song uh, released in Japan, and he gets to bring bring up the energy a little bit after Rainbows. Yeah. yeah, it's it again. It's so weird because as a kid, a friend of mine had bought a Monkey's Bootleg cassette that was a compilation of pretty much all of mainly Davy and Mickey forty fives, but there were a few of Mike's in there as well. And you listen to that over and over again, and it's like there were just so many great songs after. Like, uh, a lot of the Mickey singles are pretty good. I think Davey did a little better in terms of great songs, but, you know, To Be or Not To Be is catchy. You know, uh, Love Light is great. Like, all that oh, yeah. stuff Mickey did is so good. Beverly Hills. Yeah. Alicia. Yeah. And I, lo- I love Unattended in the Dungeon. Oh, that a rescue. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's some cool stuff out there for, for like. Yeah. I mean, I think, was that the first 7A release that Mickey. Yeah. That MGM. MGM Holy shit. Like that came out and it, and it was like, what? Like, what? Why is this happening at my age now? Like it gave me, <laughs> it gave me hope, you know, like I had, you know, cassette dubs of those forever i never owned those records those original records i never quite got into the the whole solo collecting thing just from a monetary point of view because yeah you know uh it's a lot but when that came out i was like this is this is great um and even though 7a didn't like our davy episode i'll always give it up to 7a because the really the the amount of stuff that they've put out and all of it the presentation has been top notch oh yeah that davy 3 lp live in japan is 
amazing. The CD is great too, but like the LP recreates the tour program and just, you know, you think that the market for this stuff must be small. They're limited runs. Oh yeah. But the, the attention to detail that they put into it is, is just absolutely mind blowing. Oh Love yeah. It. Oh yeah. Ever since I've become a fan, I'm always excited when they put something out. Thing out Me like, too. Cause I know it's going to be good. Like Agreed. from like the first one I got was that uh, you're wearing the shirt of it. The Nesbeth live at Troubadour. Like yes. I, I knew when I got, got that, like, okay. And then I went back and I got, you know, at the BBC and then I don't know why it took me so long, but for Christmas this last year, I got the MGM singles and that was, that's great. I think the only thing I'm really missing is the, uh, I'd be curious to hear that. Uh, I think it's uh, Bobby Hart album. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, you know, it's just a pocket that I never really yeah. delved into. I, At some I, point, I'm sure I will. Yeah, I just have a morbid curiosity for that one. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do next. The uh, Dolan's Does Nesmith release, I think, is really good. It's I'm still wrapping my brain around some of these variations on these songs I've known for a few years now, but it's a really good release. Yeah. Have you heard it yet? No. No, not yet. Okay. Nope. Eventually. Yeah. Okay, so I think yeah, I think you're up next. Let's see. Uh, so yeah, um, so this one will kind of build a little bit. It's going to start off with uh, Peter on banjo and whistling, uh, and it is Seeger's theme. What's going to happen is every monkey is going to come in uh, adding a bit on top as it goes. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're going to um, build on it. Mickey coming in with the drums, then another go round of it, Mike coming in with the guitar. Uh, so it's, it's going to kind of be uh, the song that, that builds a little bit uh, being a, a short little ditty in the monkeys catalog Um the versions where he kind of runs through it a few times are, are pretty, pretty fun. Nice. So a little like transitionary piece almost like for the pretty much to yeah. kind of build up to the next thing. Get, cool. Getting you, getting you out of the uh, moodiness of French song and back into uh, kind of semi upbeat. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. I remember Seeger's theme being this little ditty on missing links too. So I'd be curious to like, see like actually them do something with that, where they build it and build it and build it. So that would be cool. To yeah. See. And that's another one. Um, as you go through the deluxe editions, there are several versions of it uh, in varying degrees of electric, uh, acoustic, <laughs> banjo, you know, uh, they're all over the place, but it's, it's such a great kind of rollicking tune. Um, another one of those that before missing links Two came out, we, uh, a friend of mine had had it on a cassette and we just had no idea what it was. You know, um, and why is it only 40 some seconds? What's this weird whistling and banjo thing? Was it something for, for an episode? Like, it, it's so weird before you had answers to these questions, like trying to figure out the, uh, the monkey's lore when you didn't know it, you know? Nice. 
Yeah, I kind of envy, envy that as weird as this sounds. Like, I know I've got the internet and I've got everything at my fingertips, but I envy that. Like, I would have loved to, like, just be searching for this stu stuff a little more. Like, it's kind of like I can just go find it, like, clickety-clack. Like, oh, that was easy. Well, I mean, think of it this way. Like, when you're 13 and you're watching Monkeys episodes, you're just wondering why the episodes listed songs at the end that weren't in there or they were wrong. And you had no idea of... And I mean, and this wouldn't have seemed like a, a, a standard practice anyway, that they actually went in and recut those episodes with different songs. You wouldn't have thought that as a kid, you know? And, and when I finally put that together many years later, I was like, so that's why all these years, you know, this was weird and this was weird. It was like, because, you know, there, there were different versions of the episodes and those kind of mysteries, you know, went on for years before the internet. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was good to finally learn things like that and get answers to the questions that, and we had tons of them as kids, yeah. uh, just around the weirdnesses of, of monkey stuff. Nice. Very cool. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm going to bring my solo set to a close. Okay. Uh, with Mike, it's his turn. Uh, this is a song that uh, I unfortunately didn't get to hear live because they, the last time they played it was uh, the night before I saw them live, and that's Grand On We. I was overland touring in my new Ferrari at just about 110. I was on my way home from a sophisticated party where I got a little drunk on gin. And as the headlights cast a glow on the road, I heard a voice inside of me. It said you lost the light, now you're moving through the night. Running from the grand ennui, running from the grand Uh, yeah. I love I love Mike's solo stuff and picking a song for him was hard not because I didn't like want to pick a song for him like there were too many like I had to like eliminate stuff so I chose this one just because I think it's really fun it's really upbeat it's a little country rock tune and uh, he sings the hell out of it oh yeah totally I, I love his vocal on it so I really feel like good. it's just a great little fun moment for him to have in the show agreed yeah um, I, I don't believe that it was I think it was gone by the time we saw that tour but I did see him do it uh, on one of his solo tours um, and it was so good so good nice. definitely the highlight of the show awesome yeah he didn't do it when i saw him but but that i don't think it would have fit the acoustic format so yeah yeah this was um i guess it was the it was right after the movies of the mind tour some of them start to run together for me now but okay yeah <laughs> it was one of the first times that i saw him performing in recent years um, and coincidentally, the next song on mine is a Mike song also. Nice. Uh, we kind of talked about it before, but uh, this is where in this set, uh, Nine Times Blue. There's a certain something in the way you looked at me and said you'd stay there let me know that I was out of line But I didn't know what else to do I'm like a fool I tested you by demanding things of you which weren't mine And now I feel like such a fool for making you crawl back to me but 
you did it with such love That you're standing far above Me and all I did to you I'm sorry now, what can I do? I know that never in the world Could I have found me such a girl Who's there to pick me up before I fall And if in the end we should go Both our separate ways I know the lesson I've learned here uh, much in the style of how it was on the Johnny Cash show in <laughs> uh, uh, back in the the late '60s uh, nice. with I, the I, harmonies. I literally just watched that before I came in the room to record this. So, had you seen it before? I had not. Oh, so that was your first time seeing it. Yeah. What did you think? Really good. It's it's like that could have been a monkey song. It could have been and that's song. the other thing. Like it's so weird that. You know, that's the song they chose to do on a television show, and it ended up not being on a Monkees record. Yeah. They even say at one point, let's do something from the new record. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And then they start doing Nine Times Blue. Yeah. And that was the kind of thing, again, all these stories of me as a kid, but this is really all I have. But you, we would buy these VHS tapes, and you wouldn't know what would be on there. And then something like that would come on, and you'd be like, why did they do Nine Times Blue on a television show? It's so strange. Yeah. They all sound really good singing it together. They do. That those harmonies are incredible. Yeah. Davy yeah. hitting that low harmony, real, real rich, good. Oh yeah, the the blend was great. Was great. Yeah. 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 I, I I that was uh, a strong contender to be actually in the spot that, for the song I've got coming up next. But okay. uh, I ended up axing it <laughs> for uh, tear the top right off my head after, there you after go. I heard that one just because. I was so blown away by it. It's this like, like, like we talked about it earlier. It's this great Peter Rock song. So I won't talk about it much, that much more, but I'm yeah. just really shocked. The song never made an album. It's just so perfect. It's really, really good. It's another chance for him to rock out on stage and like show up. Agreed. Agreed. It's one that I wish I would have seen when he was still with us. Uh, but Megan did see it on that solo tour. So didn't he, he do it for a short time on the good times tour? Oh, I don't, I don't know that I knew that. It's entirely possible, and I might have missed it. Yeah, I think if, if yeah, I remember seeing that on Monkey's Live Almanac. Wow. I'm also getting old, so it's entirely possible <laughs> I saw it. But usually, I have a fairly good memory for stuff like that. Huh. Are you looking it up? I see yeah, you looking I, I, very I'm intent. Lo I'm looking at, I'm looking at. It. Come on, I remember seeing this on one of the tour tours listed. You're there somewhere. Maybe it wasn't that one. Maybe it was a different one. I seem to remember something, seeing it somewhere on this site. It wouldn't have been Peter's solo tour, the 2013? No, it, no, it was it, it was a monkey's one I remember looking at. Wow. Maybe, maybe it was the one before that. Ah, oh, well. I'll, I'll be researching this tonight. Yeah. Finding out. Because <laughs> now I, I need to know. <laughs> we got we to gotta find out. <laughs> yeah, that's... Am I on the, yeah, I'm on, the right, I'm on the right page, too. That's weird. <laughs> oh, well. Interesting. Yeah. I'll let you know what I come up with. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, okay, so the last song of the main part of the set is one that they would perform uh, many, many years later on the Mike and Mickey tour. But at this point in 2006, it was one of those songs that uh, had never been played and kind of felt like it never would be. And that is Auntie's Municipal Court. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
One of those songs, when I saw the set list, and I really wish that I could go into these without spoilers, but I'm just not that guy. When I saw this on the set list, and actually I think I think before the tour there was footage of them like rehearsing this, or Andrew had dropped like a hint, a very heavy hint, that it would be in there, because I remember this uh, being talked about, and I was extremely excited about being able to see it, and it sounded so good live when they did it so glad it's on the live album me too yeah i remember this is on my list too a bit later on but uh man i remember like i, I i'm the same way i look at set list before i go to the show like and you're a birds bees monkeys guy yeah and so when i saw that like not only is, is it the first time i'm seeing the monkeys to see that that was in the set i was like holy oh. shit i was like i was like i was already sold i already bought the tickets so i, I was just like this is going to be one of the best shows ever yeah like, it's crazy yeah, I, I, I knew I was seeing something special. So good. What a great song. Yeah, it's so trippy. I love like everything that's going on, the vibe it creates. And I was listening to it on headphones. It's also kind of sparse in a way. Like there's not a lot of drumming going on. Yeah. Kind of just floats around. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, agreed. One yeah. of my abs- absolute favorites always has been. You named a sidecast after it. That's true. Megan did. Oh, Megan yeah. came up with that. Nice. Yep nice all right so up next for me um we got a song from headquarters uh this is a song i've always found a little strange but i i really enjoy it i enjoy the vibe it gives me and that's mr webster everyone in town knew mr webster he worked at the bank for 40 years and each week Mr. Frisbee made his check out For $68 clear And through the years he floated 27 robberies Each time Frisbee promised him a raise Haunting little floaty song it gives mickey a chance to leave the kit and come out front and play a tambourine live i think you know like you all the monkeys kind of come together yep. peter gets to do some piano work like it's a very it's a short little song that tells a story but i've always really loved this one i always look forward to it when it come comes up and i think it'd be cool to hear them do do it live i don't know if they ever have though yeah me too uh, i don't think they ever have uh it's it's kind of those you know it's one of those interesting ones i kind of always think about like when looking at the first four albums what songs on those albums didn't ever make an episode and on headquarters that's one of them uh which is interesting so it's like when you first hear those records if you've been watching the television series you know a good amount of the songs then something like mr webster comes up and it's something you haven't heard or had no experience hearing before. So it was always kind of like an interesting song to me in that way from a weird kind of looking at it from a television appearances exposure point of view. It's an interesting song that way. That's and true. I love it. And I'm not sure how you'd fit it into the set, to like an episode too, because it's such a specific song. It's not really a romp or anything. Like it would almost have to be somehow worked into the story. Right. Like lyrically, it's, you know... You get a romp like Last Train to Clarksville and they're, you know, uh, tied to tracks, 
you know like it's hard to kind of throw a song a narrative song like mr webster into an episode uh unless it was like a performance thing at the end of an episode or something like that you know yeah it would have to be its own video like they did with going down yeah right totally nice all right, so this starts uh, the encore section um, of my show, which kind of starts a round of three uh, completely acoustic tracks. Band is gone. Uh, they are sitting out in the front with acoustic guitars, and Davey's got some kind of rhythm making something in his hand. Um, <laughs> but it starts with uh, Mike uh, doing the wonderful song, Don't Wait For Me. Don't wait for me I'll be a long time coming Unless by then You have told me something That shows how much you care I've done much more Than as a man I should have why did you not do all you could have to show how much you care? From, uh, from Instant Replay, uh, which is uh, just another just favorite song of mine. Uh, I feel like his stuff on Instant Replay is, is really strong. Um, and just always love the song. It's one of those that I was really happy that, you know, it ended up on um, Dolan's Sings Nesmith. Yeah, that was that was one that surprised me. I was not expecting that on there at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Good, cho- good choice. That That is one I do remember off the album. Thank and... you. And, and also performed on the 1969 tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That, I would love to hear. I would yeah, love to hear. Yeah, I would love to hear an intelligible version of it. Uh, but there are pictures of it might be on Monkey's Live Almanac. There are pictures of of Mike on stage in '69 playing an acoustic, and I think there were comments saying this was obviously the "Don't Wait for Me" portion because he played it on acoustic. Uh, so yeah, really interesting. I'd love to I'd love to get footage of that or hear a good sounding version of it. Yeah, absolutely good pull from Instant Replay. Nice choice. Thank you. All right, up next we're gonna go back to Pisces again. Uh, Love is only sleeping. She turned away and said, Once I loved, but love is dead. And I whispered, Sometimes love is only sleeping. She said, I... uh, yes. Keep that trippy vibe going. Uh, not sure if this one has ever been attempted live or played live, but I love Mike's vocal on this one and those keyboard sound effects that drift in and out. Uh, you could like have some of them like, tr- like triggered like on a loop, like a loop pedal board yeah. or anything, something like that. Cause you know, there's only four of them. So it's a quintessential deep cut to me. I love this song. I love the layers of vocals. And I think it'd be cool to hear the band play it live. It's one of those ones I think was made for them. To play. Agreed. Uh, it was suggested 
for one of the recent tours and they rehearsed it, I believe. And the seven, four deal was just a little too much. Um, you know, probably given also the, the fact that Mike probably hasn't heard it since 1967. <laughs> um, and I, I would not blame him at his age for not wanting to continuously count to seven in his head and sing this song. So I kind of, I mean, Andrew had mentioned in a couple spots that they tried it and it just didn't work out. I can only think that that's a Mike thing. The band is pretty solid. Oh, yeah. You know, if they can pull off, you know, as we go along in 5-4, I think, you know, Love is Only Sleeping would be fine. I think it's more a... It, I would I would think that it would be a, more an issue with his vocal, but I would love to have heard what it would have sounded like, you know. Right. Yeah. They could have, uh, uh, even if it's like not the best. I would have still. Yeah. It would have still been cool to say you saw it. And yeah. Agreed. Cool, and shout out to as we go along. That was in the set when I saw them, and that was one that was kind of going in and out, and I was kind of like biting yeah. my nails. Am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? And then Mickey comes out to the front of the stage, brings a stool with him, and they start playing it, and it was just incredible. That yeah, was one of the highlights I, of the show for sure. He's nailed that every time I saw him do it. it it's he just kills that song. It's so good. Yeah, wonderful. Nice. All right. What we got next in the acoustic set? Let, set. All right. Keeping the acoustic set going is Peter's turn. And he is going to do uh I mean, what else other than the song that costs the most money to, to <laughs> record and not put out on the record? And that's Ladies Baby. finally getting the attention it deserves on a stage in 2006. Although I would assume I'm not a big, uh, my knowledge base is not large when it comes to his solo sets, but I would have thought that I, I would bet that he played this in the seventies and like all those kind of shows oh, yeah. he played at clubs. I'm sure this oh, came yeah. out the times that I saw him. I never saw him do it, but I would have loved to. Uh, of course, we first heard this on Missing Links, the CD. It was not on the vinyl. Uh, it was on the CD that came out a year later. And again, it's one of those that if you get the deluxe editions, you will hear several different arrangements of it. Yeah. Inter interesting uh, uh, that there's so many different arrangements of it. I know that was worked on that much. And also, yeah, I can confirm it was played around that time because in the booklet for Missing Links, I remember reading a note that said, you might know this because Peter's played it live okay maybe so yeah that 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 was definitely played live i have to say when i first heard that song i was like i knew the thing about it being really expensive to record i was a little deflated because i was kind of expecting some kind of 
weird, grand. I am the walrus production. Yeah, like I was expecting, like it's going to be his Beatles song or something, and it's just this little pretty like slow blues number. I'm like, okay, this is fine. Yeah. But this was the one that cost the most money to record, and they were just so tried it over and over apparently. Yeah, they were just so fucking stoned that they could not make a take <laughs> is is basically the story that I've read. Yeah, that yeah, it's it was it's not a bad song, it's just I kind of the legend it did not quite live up to the legend I built up in my head, but I like yeah. it and it's a good choice. And I did consider it for my set list. I considered it for one of the Peter tracks. So yeah, good choice. Thank you. All right. Well, up next, uh, we already talked about it, but Auntie's Municipal Court. Yep. Uh, even though I've heard it live, I got to hear it. I feel like this is like a quintessential monkeys should always be playing this type of song. Agreed. And even though I'd only been listening to them like at like six months at that point when I saw them play it live, I was just still so happy. I was frustrated when someone ye- yelled Pleasant Valley Sunday before the song. I was just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Don't give them any ideas to skip ahead in the set. Let them yes. play the deep cuts. And it was funny, like later on the set, so that same person yelled it again, and Mike went up to the mic and, and, and goes, "That's my favorite too." <laughs> it was right. It was right. It was right before they played it too. So I thought that was kind wow. of funny. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, Auntie's Municipal Court, Stone Cold okay. Classic. It's to me, it's like one of the fever pitch climax moments of the show, where like everything has come together. They're all feeding off each other. The energy is there. They're that no perfect in sync live band. They are tight as a dolphin's butthole. I was waiting to see what the analogy would be. I, I knew there'd be one coming uh, in the episode. <laughs> I figured I got. It. I had to have one ready. Or maybe I should say Tides of Porpoise's Butthole because it's the monkeys. I Yeah, I was actually going to just say that. So I'm glad that you did so I didn't have to. <laughs> uh, all right. So the, the penultimate song is the, the last song of the three-song acoustic bit. Uh, this is Davies, and we're going to wind down the set with the next two songs from songs much, much, much later in their career. This one is a huge favorite of mine, uh, and it's time and time again. Time and time again Naughty Get me in trouble when I fly too high. Something's bound to burst the bubble. You say this is love. Wonder if you're. I feel like this is one of Davies' strongest, uh, and I just I, another one of those songs that I just love the vibe of uh, doing on on acoustic without those really crazy ringy synthesizers wouldn't be the same. But I think that they could nail it, uh, this, especially Peter doing some sort of uh, nimble acoustic arrangement uh, of the type that he was wont to do. 
but an absolute favorite and the uh, second to last song of the set and the last song of the acoustic portion time and time again interesting choice uh that's on pool it right no time and time again is um uh it's on missing links on it's from links. 1969 oh, okay 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 uh yeah that must must have stuck with me then but interesting choice yeah yeah like no there's no pool it stuff on here okay there, yeah you can mine be either. rest assured <laughs> mine either uh, I, I will. I will say though, we were both. I have to laugh. We were both in competition for that hundred dollar Pulit CD at one point. <laughs> uh, it still, it still angers me. <laughs> and I just happened to walk past it at, at like the record store that's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's like fourteen bucks. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 So when you ask me like the most expensive things like I've ever bought, like that's definitely up there. That Friday Music CD DVD of Pulit. <laughs> Just because I'd had it, sold it, and then, you know, years pass and, you know, somebody on Amazon wants way more than $100 for it. Yeah. And then you wait four months and at a certain point you're like, well, fuck it. You know, I should probably just buy it. And then you're sit looking at it, realizing that one of your biggest ticket monkeys items is pool it related. <laughs> ridiculous not a, not a bad album i just don't think i spent it i don't yeah i don't i don't hate it i don't i don't hate it i i don't have the disdain that a lot of people do uh but again for me in 1987 it was a new monkeys record and that was exciting i didn't listen to it and be like wow this sounds like expose i i was like yeah this is a new monkeys record i'm down bring on the tour motherfuckers yeah yeah yeah, cool pick. Uh, so my, my penultimate song and the last song in the main set before the encore. Uh, I know they've played this live, but I just think this is a fun straight-up party song, and that's No Time. What did you expect? No time. No time, no time. No time for you. So hide the grass is always greener growing on the other side no time no time no time no time for you no time no time i got no time baby got lots of better things to do what are you doing to ring the one time from headquarters uh chance for mickey to go crazy the end the drums he has like a little Richard like raspy delivery on his voice when he sings it and I think it'd just be a great chance for like everybody like to have some fun maybe jam a bit on it like you know everybody could like improv a bit if they wanted to it lends itself to that it's a simple song but it's a fun song it's an interesting song also in that it was in most of the sets since 1986 and I've always wondered if that's because it's kind of an easy blues song blues changes yeah uh but they did it in 86, 87. I think they did it in 89. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'll, most of the sets throughout. Um, and of course, they did it, you know, recently as well. Uh, so it's it's interesting that a non-single, non-hit really kind of had such prominent placement in a monkey's set list. Uh, and I don't know of a lot of songs that kind of had that, that aren't your I'm a believer, Daydream Believer, Pleasant Valley Sunday, you know. Yeah. songs like the songs like those but yeah interesting yeah they kept it around around for sure like even up to, like through that uh that justice tour where it was just three of them in the u.s like it popped yeah. up again there so yep. yeah 
I don't know. I think I agree with you. It's an easy song to play and it's an easy energy up too. like, you can come out of a slow number into that yeah. one and just like blow people away for like two minutes. And they really kind of Chuck Berry, the live arrangements up with like a Johnny B. Good riff. Like they, you know, a lot of times they don't start an acapella. They started with a guitar. You know, uh, so they, they kind of really lean into that uh, aspect of it, which isn't as prominent on the record. I kind of wish, now that you mentioned Johnny B. Good, I'd rather Mickey would have done this than doing Johnny B. Good when I saw him solo. I would agree. Yeah. yeah I, I just, whenever I see bands do something like that, just like, you could have been doing something like, do we need to hear this band do Johnny B. Good? I mean, nothing right. against the Monkees band, but... You know, Johnny Be Good is is what it is, and how does it fit here? Right. Like, uh, I think it might have been one of the things where he used it to audition or something like that. Yeah, but if he's not if he's not playing guitar on it or not being like the primary player on it, then I'm not really that interested in hearing it done. He played, I, I just have never understood it. Yeah, he played guitar when I saw when I saw him uh, last, uh, no two years ago now, 2019. When I saw him do it and yeah, it was one of the three songs in the set I was just like why yeah like there was that one he did Purple Haze which I was just like like because he told the story about Jimi Hendrix opening for the monkeys that exists solely to tell that story yeah and, and I was like cool but why yeah. and then the other moment was he, he did the Sgt. Pepper's reprise, reprise after Randy Scott's get and I'm just like again cool but why yeah did that was that show after he had done that white album tour no it was before what was it okay then yeah i don't understand the pepper thing at all i i don't think there should be any any beatles crossover at a monkey show it's just those things kind of the beatles are a little too precious i'm not saying that from my point of view but to do a beatles cover when you're a monkey just seems just not ill informed or just like yeah why yeah don't don't even approach that i have noticed I that at solo shows since that white album tour he doesn't do the pepper thing anymore now he does rocky raccoon okay well yeah even so why if i'm going to see mickey live i don't want rocky raccoon yeah which is yeah i i, I don't get it like I, i'm thinking like you have other songs that i really want to hear you could it's have even weirder than pepper like <laughs> Pepper yeah. at least is energetic. It's a good end of show thing. If you're gonna do something like that, it was Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, Rocky Raccoon is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Rocky Raccoon is like a song that you know, casual Beatles fans don't know. You know, really? I thought that was a more well-known song. <laughs> Ro Rocky Raccoon. I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like it's an album track. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that's. I do like that song though. But yeah, I didn't know it was like. I oh, was I do too. But I thought it was a hit for some reason. Weird. Now, I would say it's it's below radar for a lot of people. Ah. A lot of casual fans, anyway. Nice. The one cover I did appreciate what that night, though, is I liked hearing him do kicks without the 80s arrangement. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's crazy. When you told me that, I didn't know or realize he was doing that. So, yeah, that's 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 something. Very cool. All right. What you, what you closing us out with? What you bringing, all right. us all, bringing it home with? Closing number uh, is a band number after the uh, acoustic set. Um, again, from the end of their career. Uh, 
as you mentioned, it was attempted briefly on the Good Times tour, but the closing number is going to be a raucous version of Steam Engine. the night on a high note nice nice that's a good choice yeah they dropped that right before i saw saw them too like the night before they just played it and then it was gone yep yeah it didn't last very long yeah that was yeah that's a good that's a good choice that's a good band to get into and i find the history of that song fascinating because of when that single came out and everything so yeah very very cool what that was 84 80 i think it was 82 or 83 the 45 came out Okay. It was a very limited release. I think he only sold them at Monkey's conventions. Nice. Uh, but uh, it was another song that was much like uh, if you have the time uh, featured in the Monkey's on Tour episode when it was edited in in the early 70s. So the romp in the middle uh, became this. And in fact, when it was shown on MTV, in the 80s it was the steam engine version of the episode so that's you know i think why fans kind of gravitated to the song because it's one of those that that the syndication run that they used was the one with the song in it and uh it ends up on the monkey business picture disc in 1982 Uh, i think the first release might have been the uh, the, the Monkeys compilation that came out in Australia in 79 or 80. I believe it's on there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a, a weird release history with this. And then ends up on the, the Listen to the Band box uh, officially and uh, several compilations and such since then. Nice. Awesome. Good choice. Well, my closing number and the encore number at my show is... It's something they they usually play at every show, but I'm doing it with a twist, and that's listen to the band, and I'm doing it. Hey, hey, mercy, woman plays a song, and no one listens. I need help. I'm falling again. Play the drum a little louder. Tell me I can live without her if I. band 
as the justice tour where they seg into porpoise song and then back into listen to the band okay so i think that's just a cool little medley type thing but Agreed. this is one song and it's maybe it's because i've not been a fan that long so i'm not sick of it yet but i love this song a lot and i feel like it ties everything together it's the perfect monk it's one of the perfect monkey songs it is. and it kind of it talks about that like escapism message we were talking about at the beginning of the show like we use the monkeys as a form of escapism you know just listen to the band it's that's what the music can do for you and to close the show out out i think that's perfect it like gives them like a chance to, like you know bring it all home nicely and just say enjoy the tunes yeah i agree i think listen to the band is i mean underrated in terms of the general public as a monkey single it's a shame that it's probably a song that a lot of people wouldn't recognize because it wasn't a radio hit but what a great song you know yeah his performance on it is wonderful even like the work in progress versions that ended up coming out throughout the years just such a great vibe love that song always have i even enjoy the jammy almond nesmith version on that different drum thing that just came out yeah. yeah yeah there's some weird stuff stuff on on there like like it's very almond brothers some of those songs like especially that circle sky too it's like almond nesmith yeah i i heard some of those um when they came out in they were bonus songs on the high res uh versions of the nesmith solo albums so those tracks have been around for a while i haven't heard the compiled version of it but i but i've heard uh, a lot of those tracks and it's crazy the ones that ended up there getting kind of the second shot with his, his solo band yeah I, the, the one i really wish he completed those magnolia sims which is just yeah yeah that's that was fun they sound great on it oh yeah totally but yeah that wraps up my show and honestly if i went to your show i would be totally blown away because that's a great set list like, well likewise you had stuff. some you had a lot of great stuff in yours it's it's nice to think about shows that eschew the hits that you know they are obviously obligated to play yeah uh, in in lieu of stuff that you know might be a little more fun to hear totally totally so i think to bring this all home i don't think we cannot do this episode and not talk a little bit about the farewell tour uh that just got announced and i gotta say i'm not surprised because like i said i didn't expect i'd get to see them when i got into them so everything since then has just kind of been like icing on the cake. Yeah. So this feel, it feels right. I know Mike's had his health issues and I think it's going to be a nice little like send off. Like, I think the show is going to be a balance of like what the Mike and Mickey show was and maybe a little heavier on certain hits because it is the end. Like, maybe, what, do you, yeah. like what do you think is going to, this is going to be? I, I, I would love to be proved wrong on this. I feel like it's going to be very similar to the Mike and Mickey set only because that's what they were in the middle of doing once COVID hit. So those, you know, these shows are kind of like the, the offshoot of the stuff that was still scheduled that was getting rescheduled. So to me, it kind of felt like this was just going to be a continuation. I would love if it wasn't, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I get skeptical the further we go with this. Yeah. Uh, and, and I say that as a Monkees fan. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, my girlfriend and I bowed out in 2016 when we thought we were seeing the last Monkey show. It ended up being the last show uh, with Mike and Peter together. 
Um, and I don't know that we would have saw the Mike and Mickey tour if we didn't see the set list and saw how great it was. I mean, that was a, a huge jump from the last tour. I, I feel like I saw that show. I would want to know that it would be significantly different to, for me to go again, um, especially at their age. This is, I'm not saying this as, as an insult, but they are two years out from where they were the last time I saw them live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things, to be completely honest, Mike was pretty rough. Obviously, he had just had, you know, the bypass surgery. Uh, so obviously, there are reasons for this. Uh, but But I do wonder... this is twofold. I wonder how much longer it can go on with it being a passable performance, but also with the fact that it it is a farewell. So I don't know. I'm of two minds about it. I just really, I really want it to be something considerably different from the last tour. And I, I don't know that it's going to be different enough for me to want to see it. Having said that, um, part of me kind of wishes that good times was the end uh as much as i love the mike and mickey tour and love the set list it kind of just added a chapter onto something that kind of felt like i I just i wanted them to go out on a high good times was a high christmas party was not so it's like you're so close. Kiss did this too. Like whenever, the, whenever it would be just at a great place, maybe, maybe let's leave it on a high note. Kiss will always tell you they're doing that or they did that. And it's yeah. never true no. because they, they keep going and getting progressively worse. I don't want to say that about the monkeys uh, on tour. And I, I don't really think that's the case, but I, I, I just really wish that they'd have gone out on a high note like good times and then just did solo stuff that made them happy after that uh again there are a bunch of people that are going to flame me for that not agree with me i just you know and there are people that will go and see them 10 20 30 more times and have a great time every night and i'm not trying to take that away from anyone uh just for me i kind of feel like i i i saw what in my mind was the last show so every time it kind of comes around, it's like, is, is, is it going to add or subtract from the legacy? Uh, and so, and that's a hangup I have, you know, not I everybody t- has that hangout. I totally get where you're coming from, especially because you, you unlike, unlike me, you had the privilege to see them so many times. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, and I was totally fine with, when I got into them, like thinking like, okay, I might catch the first national band tour or maybe yeah. Mickey doing a solo show. Like I was totally fine with that. Cause like, I, I understand how long they've been doing this. So like I said, I think everything they've done since then has just been icing on the cake. I'm really, I feel really blessed. I got to see them once. I feel incredibly blessed. I get to see them twice. So that's cool. Um, I do think unlike kiss though, I think this is it. I do believe. Oh, oh there I agree. I do agree there. I'm not trying to say they're going to milk this. I absolutely don't think they will. It's it's more just the thought of you had a high point in 2016. You had a great, great, great album that most of us who 
you know, at that point had seen two monkeys reunions, uh, were not that excited for a third, especially after Davey being gone. And then that album comes out and it was beyond all of our expectations. At least those of us like me that are, you know, I, I don't want to say skeptical, but, but maybe a little more honest about, um, yeah. you know, there are people where the monkeys can't do any wrong. We kind of went into a little of this earlier yeah. and I, and I, I counter that with, we've seen the monkeys do wrong. Just us was yeah, kind of the monkeys doing wrong. There are people that love it, but I don't get it. It was a weird time. It was nice to see the four of them together, but it, it, you know, I thought pool, it was better, you know, <laughs> and that's not, yeah. you know, that's, and, and a lot of people probably would. So, you know, and look, Andrew Sandoval, uh, he's the tour manager, uh, him and I have, have exchanged, um, you know, he's been on the podcast a few times. Um, he's helping us out with the book we're working on. We, um, helped out with some stuff for his book that he's putting out. So, um, uh, you know, I, 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 it, it's a weird place for me to kind of talk about it because, you know, this is his living and, uh, I, I would never want to say that, you know, it's not going to be a great show. I, I'm sure it's going to be great. I just oh, yeah. don't know, you know, I don't know where it fits in my, you know, uh, it's just like every, every, every time is just another time that it could be, could be great and it could be diminishing returns, you know, well, so. I'll, I'll be sure to give you a play-by-play from, from the venue. <laughs> please do. Well, I'll tell you what, if I see a set list and it's considerably different, I'm sure Megan and I would change our minds. That's that's pretty much the the, like I said, the reason we went to see Mike and Mickey, yeah, uh, was was the set list. I mean, it was considerable, like half different from what we'd seen in previous years. And you know, it was starting to get with the three of them before good times, like the the 2012 and the 2013. It, it, there were a, a little bits of differences here and there, but a lot of it was the same. Uh, and so it kind of felt like, eh, you know, how different can it be? Oh, whoa, it's really different. Okay, we're we're in. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been trying to reiterate yeah, this point. I, I get that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'll fly fly out for the Greek show, and I can I can come to LA, and we can all go to that. Entirely possible. Uh, if, if we'll you, see what happens. If you guys do that, I will somehow make that happen. <laughs> I would definitely let you know. Awesome. Nice. Well, Craig, this has been an absolute blast. I'm glad I got to do this episode with you. I think Likewise. I'm going to keep doing the set list thing for, with other bands too. I think this is fun. So what you got going on for the pods and sods? Anything you want to plug coming up? Well, uh, pods and sods, we've been uh, on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, we, uh, many years ago when we switched uh, servers, we lost a lot of our back catalog so we've taken some time off and I've been uh, dropping a couple episodes per month from the back catalog that haven't been heard in four or five years. Uh, so you'll see those if you're subscribed uh, to Pods and Sods. It's Pods and Sods on Facebook, uh, podsodcast.com online. Uh, and yeah, um, new episodes coming fairly soon. Um, I think uh, Megan and I have uh our, our our next sound of the sunset sound of the sea 
episodes on the Pisces sessions, which will be something that we're hoping to do in person uh, in, in within the next few months. So we'll see what happens there. Nice, nice. Well, that'll be your first uh, in person since uh, since COVID. since since our faded Davy Jones episode uh, that we recorded in February of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it will be. Nice. Awesome. Well, I realized I forgot to do one thing, so I'm going to do one thing real quick to close this all out. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions for your set list? Oh, goodness. Uh, you know what? Yes. Uh, so when I started, mine was like 30 songs <laughs> and um, uh, got really narrowed down. Um, but like it was stuff like, you know, Stuff like I won't be the same without her. Uh, Saturday's Child was in mine originally, uh, and then when I started to narrow it down to five songs from each, uh, kind of there were ones that I took out that were uh, that ended up being performed. Like Someday Man was a yeah. song that they didn't do until 2011. Uh, and sadly, you know, Davey passed in the next year, so we never got to hear it again. So I had stuff like that in there that I took out because I was like, you know, we ended up hearing that stuff. It's it's tough to narrow it down to 20 from a catalog so large. Oh, so totally. Were it's there like, any, uh, I mean, and there were several you mentioned that were in my long list. Don't Call yeah. On Me was in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I had a handful. And most, most of these were because either, like, they just had to be cut or... I didn't think the band could pull them off. So right. uh, you, you told me it was one of them. I saw them do yeah. that. Uh, Dorn to Summer, I got to see that. It was a bit of I a was rough on mine too. I saw a bit of a rough performance of it, but it was still cool to see. Uh, was that when they first started to do it? Uh, that was uh, Mike and Mickey show. Oh, okay. Because they had done a tour, uh, one of the tours with Peter. They brought it in like halfway through the tour and ended up dropping Daily Nightly for that. Huh. Oh, Dor no, Dorn to Summer. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. They, uh, they they were doing Daily Nightly, and then they started doing Door in the Summer and dropped Daily Nightly. Okay. Uh, she Hangs Out, Dream World, um, Milkshake from Peter's solo album. The only reason I didn't use that, because like, I wanted to give him a true solo moment, and there's like Mike and Mickey on that song with him, so I right. asked that one. Uh, you Don't Have to Be a Country Boy to Sing a Country Song. One of Davy's solo songs, uh, Unattended in the Dungeon. I love the Rescue. Yeah, the vocal delivery, man. So cool. And then a bunch of Mike stuff that was in the running Roll with the Flow, Marie's theme, Rio, uh, all those were contenders. Uh, I'll be back on my feet, uh, Through the Looking Glass, oh, yeah. Tapioca Tundra, P.O. Box yeah. 947, Girl I Left Behind Me, Carlisle Wheeling, Nine Times Blue, You're So Good, and Steam Engine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if I was going into solo stuff, uh, there was no way I could have done it. Uh, cause I couldn't narrow this down anymore, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you had mentioned, uh, the solo stuff, I, when I saw them in 89, Davey did a solo song called hanging by a thread, which is probably one of my favorite Davey solo songs. It's crazy that it was from the eighties, uh, but a really strong song that you should check out if you haven't heard it. Where uh, is that? Like what, what was that? What release is that on? I think it's on, so he did, I've never been able to keep track of it. In the 80s, he put out cassettes. Uh, one of them was called Incredible. And I think it's on there. Oh, okay. But 
Um, he had a Bandcamp page, and I, I believe it was taken down, uh, I, or, or that it was going to be refurbished and put back up. But he had like tons of downloadable albums of questionable quality. Uh, some <laughs> of it, I, I don't mean performance-wise. I mean like qual- sound quality-wise. Yeah. Some of it was just like sounded like bootleg stuff. Um, I feel like it's kind of like somebody went through his archives and just kind of hobbled together albums. Um, but that was the first time I was able to hear some of that cassette stuff. And I'd see that stuff advertised. Like, Davey's got a single, Hippie Hippie Shake. And I'm like, what? Didn't Pool It just come out? What's going on? Uh, so there's like tons of that stuff for Davey. So weird. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to dig into some of that. That's really cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, some of it's really good, you know. In, a, in an 80s kind of way. In a pool it kind of way. <laughs> in a Cynthia, she's moving in with Rico kind of way. <laughs> That's right. Uh, one last thing. When I saw them in 97, uh, they did that. <laughs> they did She's Moving In With Rico. And I'm sure you were like, you could have been doing something else. You, you At that point, no. I, I was like, here's a song I've never heard them do before. It's obviously not a favorite yeah. but i'll take it I'll, I'll take davy doing something from 10 years before that i never thought i'd hear live ever so weird that like that's when he chose to bust that song out like you would think yeah. the pool tour would be the place that's so weird yeah very yeah. cool well craig this has been an absolute blast thank you for like celebrating the monkeys with me thank and, you for uh, having me on people check out pots and sods if you haven't already and uh till next time i'm your slap on the slide dog peace love
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.